there, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to Two Droids in a Mic. Again, we're here with your stars John Volkert and CJ Klein. Today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite locations in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, some of them that they have meant the most to us throughout the series, and uh, just our overall favorite locations. So starting off, I'm going to talk about the Mustafar system, because to me that's one of the most memorable places in the galaxy of Star Wars. It's iconic not only because of Anakin versus Obi-Wan, but for the uniqueness of the planet. It's the first time in Star Wars we actually got to see lava, and that was made aware to us in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Absolutely, yeah, this was an iconic planet, just because it had so much to do with kind of Anakin's transformation into Darth Vader. You know, uh, not only the battle between Obi-Wan and, you know, himself, but just the fact that this is kind of where it was the end of it all, where the transformation really began when he was burnt and, you know, kind of burnt to a crisp completely on the edge of that lava. And the lava played a big part in the actual fight, too. I mean, who knows how this fight would have turned out if it was not on the Mustafar system. The amount of obstacles that they had to overcome while they were fighting each other um, with this lava planet and all the robots that were uh, that were trying to work on this planet really made a big difference in the fight. Completely. I would totally agree with that. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to imagine if this fight had taken place on a different you know, setting, like maybe Hoth or if it had been on Endor. I mean, this would have been kind of a cool thing to see, but it would have been a completely different fight and would have thrown a completely different perspective you know, into how, um, you know, maybe detrimental it would be if you missed, you know, misstepped or, uh, you know, let someone else take it, take advantage of your footing in that kind of position. Just throw Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan, give them some parkas. They can fight it out yeah. off there. <laughs> fight it out on a big ice cube. That'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> and that reminds me, a uh, planet that stood out a lot to me in the original trilogy was Endor. You know, I thought it was so cool how they were weaving through these trees on the speeder bikes and how, you know, it was kind of like guerrilla warfare. You know, they were sneaking through the forest and trying to, you know, take out the enemy really um, precisely, uh, sneaking through to deactivate the shields and all that good stuff so that they could take down the second Death Star. I thought it was a super, super fun scene. And uh, the fact that that's actually the Redwood Forest in California makes it all the more special to me because, you know, hopefully someday I'll be actually able to visit there. It's one of the locations that's probably the most feasible to visit, I would say. So, CJ, are you an Ewoks fan or not? I would say I am an Ewoks fan, yeah. Um... I think they're uh, a fun and playful addition to the series. Um, I always joke around with my mom about that because she thinks that they're, you know, the cute addition that she needed for, you know, to make Star Wars more, more fun for her. So it, it's one of the few names that she remembers throughout the series when it comes to, you know, droids, Wookiees, and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're a playful addition. And we got to see the soft side, too, of Han Solo. There in uh, episode six, after they had uh, destroyed the Death Star, um, partying with the Wookiees there, and you know making making some memorable connections there too. I agree. Just more character development. I think it made it all the more special. Um, I you know obviously there are critics that are gonna bash that regardless, but I thought it was fun. And Endor really, like I said, with the Mustafar system planet, they wanted to hit all the extremes on their planets. We have Hoth. We have the Mustafar system, and now we have Endor with the trees and just all the green there. And it really, it really was a needed part of this uh, Star Wars trilogy. 
No, I agree. And, I mean, if you think about uh, the Bespin system, you know, the city in the clouds, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's really it kind of ties in at all the different elements. You True. know, you have, like, the air, you have water, you have the fire and ground, in a way, or earth. It's uh, it's really cool, and it shows the different variety they have in that series. And if you think about it, those were all, well, I, I, ex- excluding Mustafar, those were all in the original trilogy as well, which is really fun to see. And that leads me into my next um, location that I enjoyed, which actually comes from the prequels, which was Naboo. Um, to me, this planet was very different than any other planet we'd seen. We got introduced to it when Anakin, or no, not Anakin, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were dropped in with the droid invasion, and they met Jar Jar Binks, who took him down to the city under the water where the Gungans lived, and they came up after they had freed Jar Jar Binks from there. They came up in their ship, and they were in a beautiful lake that showed the palace at Naboo, and when they were in these courtyards, that really stood out to me as another different place in the Star Wars universe. I would say one of the most meaningful locations as a part of the plotline of the series would probably be Tatooine, in my opinion. I thought that was a pretty iconic location just because of how much it had to do with the origin of Anakin Skywalker and how we return to this planet several times throughout the series and um, you know throughout the chronological order. And they put emphasis on, you know, the kind of beginning and end to the era, I think, with this planet. Um, you know, you get those classic scapes over, like, the horizon and the sunsets and the deserty kind of planet. Um, I think it's just a classic location that fans can remember throughout the Star Wars series. Yeah, and we were first introduced to Tatooine um, with Luke in the original trilogy, but we really got to see it more in depth uh, during the prequels on Phantom Menace when we saw Princess Amidala's ship get marooned there while they were searching for parts where is the place they they met Anakin and we got to see the sandstorm rolling in which caused them to stay over for the night and then subsequently get into the pod racing and all that stuff another reason that I loved Tatooine was we got to see the pod racing scene and you got to see a lot of the scenery and a lot of the mountains and rocks formations in the planet, um, which showed its versatility and showed that it wasn't just a sand planet. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to see so much with this planet. And I think uh, going back, I think, you know, when I had mentioned the, the classic scapes and like the kind of horizon and whatnot, I love that scene with Luke, you know, walking in the two suns setting in the background. I think this planet is just such a beautiful kind of introduction to the series uh, in any respect, you know, whether you're going with episode one uh, chronologically, you know, throughout the series, or whether you're starting the way that everyone else did with the fourth film. Well, CJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but we also saw that same two sun sunset in episode two attack of the clones when anakin was going to rescue his mother yes that is very true yeah absolutely the repetition yes it's very important um one thing that stood out to me too about the force awakens and the the second secondary trilogy was that they decided to go back to a desert planet with the main hero which in this movie was ray and how they felt like people responded so well to Luke's upbringing and Anakin's upbringing 
in a desert planet that they decided that Ray should also in turn be from a desert planet, a new planet named Jakku. So the last planet or setting we're going to talk about in the Star Wars universe today on the podcast is Coruscant. Um, when we first introduced to Coruscant was in The Phantom Menace when a Princess Amidala's ship was returning now with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. And they saw the planet and you could just see all of the different lights that made up the giant city that was Coruscant. And to me, it's like the same thing as when you're flying on an airplane and you're flying into California after coming from North Dakota where there's no lights on the ground and all of a sudden you just see a mass population. And that is what Coruscant is all about, is shoving as many people onto the planet as possible. And Coruscant is also important because that's where we meet Chancellor Palpatine for the first time. That's where the Jedi uh, Temple is and where all the Jedi are trained. And that's where the politics really of Star Wars happen. Yeah, totally. And then this is also where the uh, entire Galactic Federation really meets to discuss everything. It's, you know, like you said, it's the heart of the politics of Star Wars, which we know play a huge part. Between you know the third and fourth films, we are switching from that you know new republic you know from the old republic to that new empire, and it's it's a giant switch in the series. You know all the power then is switched from a democracy to a dictatorship. You know in its truest form, for the most part. So it's it's pretty crazy to see exactly how much really goes into this planet. And how many people that are super influential to the series uh, really rely here and do business here. I mean, yeah, without Coruscant, we don't get to hear the famous story of Darth Plagueis the Wise during that <laughs> intense, <you> <laughs> intense uh, show that they're seeing with the giant bubble. It, it's not a story the Jedi would tell you. True. It is not. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, that'll wrap up today's episode here on Two Droids and a Mic. Again, with your stars, John Volkert and CJ Klein. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at John Volkert1 and Chris James1458. Follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And remember, we are the droids you're looking for. <laughs>